What's up, guys? I'm Cassie. I'm Sarah. And welcome back to our podcast, All, All Things Spooky, Baby. In this week's episode, we're talking about Edmund Kemper, the curious killer. In Edmund Kemper's early childhood, he exhibited antisocial behavior such as torture of insects and cruelty to animals. At age 10, he buried a pet cat alive. Once it died, he dug it up, decapitated it, and mounted its head on a spike. Edmund later stated that he derived pleasure from successfully lying to his family about killing the cat. At the age of 13, he killed another family cat when he perceived it to be favoring his younger sister over him, and he kept pieces of it in his closet until his mother found them. He had a dark fantasy life. He performed rites with his younger sister's dolls that culminated in removing their heads and hands. On one occasion, when his elder sister Susan teased him and asked him why he did not try to kiss his teacher, he replied, if I kiss her, I'd have to kill her first. He also recalled that as a young boy, he would sneak out of his house and armed with his father's bayonet, go to his second grade teacher's house to watch her through the windows. He stated in later interviews that some of his favorite games to play as a child were gas chamber and electric chair, in which he asked his younger sister to tie him up and flip an imaginary switch. He would then tumble over and writhe on the floor pretending that he was being executed by gas inhalation and electric shock. He also had close to death experiences as a child. Once when his elder sister tried to push him in front of a train, and another time when she successfully pushed him into the deep end of a swimming pool where he almost drowned. On August 27, 1964, at the age of 15, Edmund was sitting at the kitchen table with his grandmother when they had an argument. Enraged, he stormed off and retrieved a rifle that his grandfather had given him for hunting. The rifle had been confiscated because he used it to needlessly shoot animals. He then re-entered the kitchen and fatally shot his grandmother in the head before firing twice into her back. His grandmother's last words were, oh, you better not be shooting the birds again. Some accounts mentioned that she also suffered multiple post-mortem stab wounds with a kitchen knife. When his grandfather returned from grocery shopping, Edmund went outside and fatally shot him in the driveway next to his car. He was unsure of what to do next, so he phoned his mother, who told him to contact the local police. Edmund called the police and waited to be taken into custody. After his arrest, he said that he just wanted to see what it felt like to kill grandma, and testified that he killed his grandfather so he would not have to find out that his wife was dead, and that he would be angry with Edmund for what he had done. Edmund's crimes were deemed incomprehensible for a 15-year-old to commit. In court, psychiatrists diagnosed him as a paranoid schizophrenic, then sent him to Atascadero State Hospital, a maximum security facility that houses mentally ill convicts. Like we always say, basically his childhood was like fun Awful. from the get-go. Yeah. Like we didn't get into his parents or anything, but I, they had, I think, a bad relationship. She got remarried. Yeah. He eventually got remarried. But, it just, dude, <laughs> this kid was fucked. Literally. Like... It was almost as if he came out of the womb ready to tussle. You know, like, so... <laughs> it's ready to tussle. tussle. <laughs> um, so it talks about how he killed a cat. Chopped two. Up. Yeah, two. He we buried the first one alive. And then, and then tuck it back up once it was dead. dead. And then he, like, would chop up the second one and hide it in his closet. And then his mom found it. Dude, if I... Like, found out that my child had a dead cat in his closet, I would be like, you're going to, to get see somebody. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to now get evaluated. We're going to see what's up. We're going to see what's wrong. I would probably lock my bedroom door. I know that sounds bad because of my child, but I probably would. I would just be so scared. 
They're gonna kill me. And so then eventually like his sister's like, oh, why didn't you kiss your teacher? And he's like, well, if I kiss her, I gotta kill her first. Bro. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> if I was Susan, I'd be, I'd like, be like, something is not right here. I'd be like, mom. Literally. On the other hand, his sister did try to murder him twice. twice. So I mean, it looks like um, the jeans aren't good here. No. To be honest with you. It's like, his, she's got something going on, but his is just like 20 no, steps. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he decides- his grandmother. But he says that he killed her because he just wanted to know what it'd be like to kill grandma. Bro. <laughs> no. Like, he was just chilling with his grandma. Just chilling. They were having an argument. But she, I don't think she thought of it as anything serious. No, he but like, he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to go get my rifle. Yeah. Cut that like, shit and shot her. That's so sad. And then he killed his grandpa just because he didn't want his grandpa to have to see his dead wife. Which oh, is, and okay. because he didn't want the grandpa to get mad yeah, at him. Which, like... He was thinking about his grandfather. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't want you to have to see your dead wife. But at the same time, like, that's wild. He's 15. Yeah. Like, he calls up mommy. He's like, hey, um, I killed Graham Gramps. What do I do now? Um, my, I'm shocked. My, I'd be like, if my kid said, I just killed grandma, I'd uh, be like, come again? <laughs> yeah. You want what? I don't, know. I don't know. I think she, mom was going through some stuff. Uh, too. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. At Atascadero, California Youth Authority psychiatrists and social workers disagreed with the court psychiatrist's diagnosis. Initial testing measured his IQ at 136 over two standard deviations above average. He was re-diagnosed with a less severe condition, a personality trait disturbance passive-aggressive type. Later on in his time at Atascadero, he was given another IQ test which gave a higher result of 145. He flattered himself to a psychiatrist by being a model prisoner and was trained to administer psychiatric tests to other inmates. One of his psychiatrists later said he was a very good worker and this is not typical of a sociopath. Edmund also became a member of the JCs while in Atascadero and said he developed some new tests and some new scales on the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, specifically an overt hostility scale, during his work with Atascadero psychiatrists. After a second arrest, he said that being able to understand how these tests function allowed him to manipulate his psychiatrist and admitted that he learned a lot from the sex offenders to whom he administered tests. For example, they told him that to avoid leaving witnesses, it was best to kill a woman after raping her. On December 18, 1969, on his 21st birthday, Edmund was released on parole from Atascadero, the same year that he began working for the highway division and was hit by a car while riding a motorcycle that he had recently purchased. His arm was badly injured in the crash and he received a $15,000 settlement in the civil suit he filed against the car's driver. As he was driving around in his 1969 Ford Galaxy, he bought with part of his settlement money, he noticed a large number of young women hitchhiking and began storing plastic bags, knives, blankets, and handcuffs in his car. He then began picking up young women and peacefully letting them go. According to Edmund, he picked up around 150 hitchhikers before he felt homicidal sexual urges, which he called his little zapples, and began acting on them. Eventually, he like butters his way like with yeah the he's like he figures out how to like manipulate them manipulate yeah. his psychiatrist so like to get out quicker yeah so he, he like was helping 
with the test which yeah is crazy like i'm not sure that's definitely not legal no <laughs> um but he's clearly very smart his iq is 145 yeah i don't like, know what average is but i don't know but like all psychopaths yeah very smart. very very smart but i don't think he would be able to give tests to other prisoners though well if he was like showing that he was like a really good prisoner and like they were like eh, he seems fine to me you know absolutely I, not i don't know so that's what he was doing and he basically manipulated them into thinking he was like a good little boy somehow that like evolved into picking up hitchhikers yeah because he got a new car and yeah. he i guess he was driving and noticed like women just hitchhiking just hitchhiking yeah. like a crap ton of them and yeah. he's like, well, now I see, he's like, now I know where to go. So he's like, I'm going to put all this shit in my car. So the next time I can snatch one. Yeah. But you know, he picked up 150 women and let them go. Cause I think he probably maybe was like trying to like in his head, figure out how to do it. So like, yeah, pick him up. He'd like run through scenarios maybe like, so then when he really did it, he would kind of have everything figured out. Yeah. Had his little zapples. I hate that term. But yeah, that's basically just his sexual urges are coming yeah. to life. They're, yeah. they're, they're being, emerging. They're emerging. Pretty much, from yeah. His body. Between May 1972 and April 1973, Edmund killed eight people, all women. He would pick up female students who were hitchhiking and take them to isolated areas where he would shoot, stab, smother, or strangle them. He would then take their bodies back to his home where he decapitated them, performed sexual acts on their severed heads, had sexual intercourse with their corpses, and then dismembered them. Edmund has stated in interviews that he often searched for victims after having arguments with his mother and that she refused to introduce him to women attending the university where she worked. He recalled, she would say, you're just like your father. You don't deserve to get to know them. Psychiatrists and Edmund have determined that the young women were surrogates for his ultimate target, his mother. On May 7, 1972, Edmund was driving in Berkeley, California when he picked up two 18-year-old hitchhiking students from Fresno State University, Marianne and Anita Mary, with the pretense of taking them to Stanford University. After driving for an hour, he managed to reach a secluded wooden area near Alameda, California, with which he was familiar from his work at the highway department without alerting his passengers that he had changed directions from where they wanted to go. It was there that he handcuffed Mary Ann and locked Anita Mary in the trunk, then stabbed and strangled Mary Ann to death and killing Anita Mary in a similar manner. He later confessed that while handcuffing Mary Ann, he brushed the back of his hand against one of her breasts and it embarrassed him, adding that he said, whoops, I'm sorry, or something like that after grazing her breast despite murdering her minutes later. He put both of the women's bodies in the trunk of his Ford Galaxy and returned to his apartment. He was stopped on the way by a police officer for having a broken taillight, but the officer did not detect the corpses in the car. His roommate was not at home, so he took the bodies into his apartment, where he photographed and had sexual intercourse with the naked corpses before dismembering them. He then put the body parts into plastic bags, which he later abandoned near Loma Prieta Mountain. Before disposing of Mary Ann's and Anita Mary's severed heads in a ravine, he engaged in sexual acts with both of them. In August of that year, Mary Ann's skull was found on Loma Prieta Mountain. An extensive search failed to turn up the rest of Mary Ann's remains or a trace of Anita Mary's. He's a ride, man. Yeah, he's basically, he knew the area because of his job and mm -hmm. the girls obviously, they should have known their, their route better because they yeah. did not know that he changed 
but directions was, like but there's students from fresno state and i th probably they probably aren't from around there you know so like you know what they should have had a map kidnaps them handcuffs mm -hmm. one sucker punches the other puts her in the trunk yeah um he gets embarrassed when he touches yeah. a booby which i think is so he's sociopath psychopath very smart and he has sexual urges with corpses but i think like i don't think he's real touched. with real interaction with a woman i don't think like, yeah that's, that's i think that's the first which the, i think you see a lot in like movies and stuff when they're portraying these people mm -hmm. that not all of them but ones like him who are very like weirded out by that like they don't like it but if the person's dead on April 20th, 1973, after coming home from a party, Edmund's mother awakened her son with her arrival. While sitting in her bed reading a book, she noticed he entered her room and said to him, I suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now? Edmund replied, no, good night. He then waited for her to fall asleep. Then he snuck back into her room and bludgeoned her with a claw hammer and slit her throat with a pen knife. He then decapitated her and engaged in sexual acts with her severed head, then used it as a dartboard. He stated that he put her head up on a shelf and screamed at it for an hour, threw darts at it, and ultimately smashed her face in. He also cut out her tongue and larynx and then put them in the garbage disposal. However, the garbage disposal could not break down the tough vocal cords and ejected the tissue back into the sink. That seemed appropriate, Edmund later said. He then hid his mother's corpse in the closet and went to drink at a nearby bar. Upon his return, he invited his mother's best friend over to the house to have dinner and watch a movie. When she arrived, Edmund strangled her to death to create a cover story that his mother and her friend had gone away together on a vacation. Afterward, he fled the scene. He drove nonstop to Pueblo, Colorado, taking caffeine pills to stay awake for over the 1,000 mile journey. He had three guns and hundreds of rounds of ammunition in his car and believed he was the target of an active manhunt. After not hearing any news on the radio about the murders of his mother and her friend, when he arrived in Pueblo, he found a phone booth and he called the police. He confessed to the murders, but the police did not take his call seriously and told him to call back at a later time. Several hours later, he called again, asking to speak to an officer he personally knew. He confessed to that officer of killing his mother and her friend, then waited for the police to arrive and take him into custody, where he also confessed to the murders of the six students. When asked in a later interview why he turned himself in, Edmund said, the original purpose was gone. It wasn't serving any physical or real or emotional purpose. It was just a pure waste of time. Emotionally, I couldn't handle it much longer. Toward the end there, I started feeling the folly of the whole damn thing. And at the point of near exhaustion, near collapse, I just said to hell with it and called it all off. He really didn't like his mom very much. No. We don't get a lot of like backstory, at least in this script, of like what Happened. his mom did to him or like yeah. things like that. But he was like, no, over it. So he like goes into her room. I don't the first time. I don't know if he was like going to see if she was asleep. I don't know. Or not. Or just being like, hey mom. I don't know. And then he comes back later and he's like, all right, it, it's now <laughs> it's hammer time. Literally. And I'm gonna fucking fuck you up. Literally. So he bludgeons his mom and then he slits her throat. Then completely cuts her head off. And does the deed with her decapitated head. Which, I mean, it's, yeah, to us, we're like, ew, ew, like it's your mom. But at the same time, like, for like psychopaths and sociopaths and yeah. stuff, like that's, 
It's like that he's like attracted to it. I don't want to say it's the norm, but that's like kind of how, especially if but, his other yeah. targets were like surrogates for his mother. Like, I don't know that it was like a sexual thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think know. the act of the murder or being like, ha, I killed you is like arousing. I think it was just to degrade her more. Like, now, yeah. see, I fucking killed you. And now, now guess what I can fucking do mess now. with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he used her. He, I even just like have this like movie scene in my head. And he's just like going around the room, just throwing darts at her head, like, <laughs> and then he sets it up, and he's just like a screaming. <laughs> and then after that, called her best friend over because he needs to make a cover story. Yeah. And he kills the best her mom, his his mom's his mom's best friend it to say me. they yeah. went on a vacation together. It reminds me of um the grandma and grandpa situation. Like, mm -hmm. he killed his grandpa because it was like, oh, I don't want to see have you see, like, your wife, and I don't want you to be mad at me. It was almost like a... Like, I don't want you to see your... Like, a little extra. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think he finally came to a conclusion. Like, yeah. he said, he's like, well, the it's original purpose yeah. is gone, Yeah. so why should I continue doing this? It's like, I don't feel yeah. anything anymore. That's cause... because he killed his... Yeah. ...target, yeah, which is so... crazy. Like, that's all it took was... Just, Again, you see it in the movies, too. Yeah. Like, they kill it's like, I know it's, like, killing anybody is just not. Yeah. But it's like, you could have just killed her and not. But I think he. Maybe he just had to grow the balls, I like, think, work up yeah. to it. I think that's what happens a lot is, like, they need to, like, get the courage. Especially a lot of times when, like, the mother is abusive towards. We see it a lot with, like, mother-son relationships yeah the mother's like really verbally and physically and abusive and stuff they kind of like are scared of the mother sort yeah of, so they kind of need to build up the courage to actually yeah. like take care of what they're after all along edmund was indicted on eight counts of first degree murder on may 7th 1973 due to his explicit and detailed confession his counsel's only option was to plead not guilty by reason of insanity to the charges edmund twice tried to commit suicide in custody his trial went ahead on october 23rd 1973. three court appointed psychiatrists found edmund to be legally sane one of the psychiatrists investigated his juvenile records and the diagnosis that he was once psychotic the same psychiatrist interviewed Edmund, including under truth serum, and relayed to the court that Edmund had engaged in cannibalism, alleging that he sliced flesh from the legs of his victims, then cooked and consumed these strips of flesh in a casserole. Nevertheless, the psychiatrist determined that Edmund was fully cognizant in each case and stated that he enjoyed the prospect of the infamy associated with being labeled a murderer. He later recanted the confession of cannibalism. On November 8, 1973, the six-man, six-woman jury deliberated for five hours before declaring Edmund sane and guilty on all counts. He asked for the death penalty, requesting death by torture, but instead received seven years to life for each count, with these terms to be served concurrently and was sentenced to the California Medical Facility. He was first eligible for parole in 1979, but was denied and he was denied parole in 2017 and is next eligible in 2024 and he tried to commit suicide which multiple times yeah which is interesting interesting which i'm not sure i, I guess i am shocked because you know yeah a lot of the times like sociopaths and psychopaths like don't feel remorseful mm -hmm. which i feel like 
suicide either in these situations can either be like from remorse or because they that's like their last power like yeah. to themselves type of deal so i don't know I mean, it's like po post clarity he's like oh my gosh it like, could be like a remorse thing once he's gotten his mom out of the way he's like oh my gosh dang. i killed all these other yeah. people yeah. that i um, which i think speaking of that i think like goes into the whole part where he eventually like for the death penalty or yeah. request torture. Torture. That's very interesting. Like, I don't know if it's because he feels remorseful and feels like mm -hmm. he deserves to be tortured, kind of like what he did to his victims, or because it's like an erotic thing. I think it might you be. Know? Part of me thinks it might be the erotic thing because when he was younger, you know, his, yeah the electric chair and like the gas chamber, those were his favorite games. Yeah. I don't so, know. It's... It's kind of like an interesting case because at least from what we see here, it doesn't seem like Edmund's the type who has a big ego. No, I don't think he has a big ego. So it almost feels like he could be remorseful. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know. They didn't label him as a socio-psychopath. No. It doesn't mean he wasn't, but... I mean, he was probably just like somewhere in between. Yeah. He definitely wasn't... Yeah, I'm normal. It, no, it's it's just interesting though, because a lot of times I feel like they definitely don't request, please kill me by torture. Mm -hmm. You know, like if anything, it's gonna be like make it quick, get it over with. Yeah, not like cause me pain, unless some of them are into the pain. But yeah, I do kind of feel bad for him because it sounds like in a lot of the cases that we read about, it's like the parents that kind of in a way make them into what they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I know we didn't really read anything about his young childhood and how his mother treated him, but it sounds like his mom was not nice to him. And I feel like him a lot. I know. I feel like he's been he was, you know, doing his things mm -hmm. since from a young age and she's probably like caught on and she's probably like Yeah. She's like, I'm gonna distance myself from him and like kind treat of him like garbage. Him. Yeah, and we also don't know like exactly what was going on in his mom's life, you know, like who, what she had going on, you know, like to cause yeah. her to be that way or like how she was before he even started mm -hmm. this stuff. Like he could have, she could have been bad to him then too. Yeah. Um, so I do feel kind of bad because from what we kind of see, it feels like he, once he killed his mom, he's like, dang. Yeah. Like I did all this. Cause remember how it said like he turned himself in cause he's like, there's no more purpose. Yeah. I have no like, more purpose. Like I have no more will to live yeah. because I, the excitement's it. gone. Yeah. So I don't know. I know it's like weird to feel bad for someone who's killed so many people and done some like crazy stuff. But at the same time, like we know at least that a yeah. lot of like how you grow up and what you are put mm -hmm. through. It's can, like a, it can really change kind of how you turn yeah. out, you know, like, did you like Edmund? Kemper? Yeah, I, I did like Edmund. I think because again, he's a little bit different. We talk a lot about um, serial killers and murderers who mm. are very egotistical. And mm -hmm. I think it's not, I don't want to say cool because that sounds really awful, but it's interesting to see someone who doesn't seem as like, oh, I'm getting away with this. It's more mm -hmm. of like. He's doing it because he feels he needs to, or he's scared of his mother yeah. or whatever. I don't know, I just find it interesting that his mom was like, if it was just, if he just yeah. gone after mom. He could have saved himself a lot of time, but, but yeah. 
I, again, I think that's how it goes. They got to work up to like killing their yeah whatever. Yeah. So that ends this week's episode of Edmund Kemper, the curious killer. The curious killer. If you guys like this episode, go make sure you check out the rest of our podcast mm -hmm. because we talk about all things spooky, baby. <laughs> Scene. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Peace.